You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 54 with Carolyn Banner. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show will inspire you, change your mindset, and help you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. Find me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ashley Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Heart Food Podcast. I'm so excited to bring you the show today with my friend Carolyn Banner. We actually just met a couple weeks ago in person in Boston at a business retreat, and I knew from the moment that I met her that we would be friends. She's just super balanced and sweet and easy to talk to. We became Insta friends probably like, I don't know, maybe four or six months ago. But I wanted you to hear Carolyn's approach to nutrition and fitness and her thoughts on mindfulness and self-love and self-care. Like you guys know about me, I've struggled a lot in the past. I had uh, my eating disorders and I definitely had a little bit of orthorexia maybe five years ago. And uh, Carolyn talks about her own struggles with disordered eating and how she came to really teach her clients and the women that she works with all about mindfulness and self-love and mindset and how all of that is so important. So we talk about all of that and to really make your decisions and choices that you make with your nutrition and food come from that place. And that can feel a lot more natural and not so like forced when we do that. Because I know that a lot of you that are listening struggle with this. So I wanted to bring you this perspective. We also talk about spirituality and food and nutrition for loving body change and sort of a lot of the myths that are out there with what we're quote unquote supposed to do. We talk about walking. Uh, We also talk about alcohol and both of our decisions to kind of just be more mindful about alcohol. And we also talk about strength training and why it's so important. And you all know that as time goes on, I just get more and more into it. But Carolyn is a registered dietitian, nutritionist, a yoga teacher, and a personal trainer. And in her own words, uh, These are her own words. Uh, She says, I help busy women discover a way of eating and moving that is enjoyable, sustainable, and effective without wasting tons of time and energy. Using my experience as a registered dietitian nutritionist for 15 years and personal trainer and yoga teacher for the last five years, I work with women from all over the world through one-on-one and group coaching to make lasting habit changes that feel good for them. That sums up exactly uh, her approach and kind of the sense that I got from just talking to her. She does take one-on-one clients and she has a group coaching continuity program called the Magic Makers Movement. Uh, I put all of her information in the show notes and 
Be sure to reach out to her if you just want to talk to her or DM her, or if you're interested in joining her group or in one-on-one coaching. And that's it. I was so pleased to have this conversation with her. So I hope you guys enjoy it and let me know what you think. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Carolyn. Thank you, Ashley. I'm really excited to be here. And I'm so excited to talk to you. Like I was just telling you now um, before we started recording, but I've known about you. I've seen you on social media and I actually just got to meet you like two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago, three weeks ago? I think like three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. (laughs) Um, I finally got to meet you in person. It was so awesome to get to know you. And I just think that you have a great story and such a great approach So the first question I always ask is kind of a big one. Just take it where you want to go with it, but what you do now and kind of how you got to where, where you are. Yeah. So I, I work with women mostly online and bring together my background as a registered dietitian, nutritionist of almost 15 years, which I can't believe (laughs) I'm that old and a personal training background as well as yoga teacher background and bring these together to work with women online, either with one-on-one coaching or in my group program, the magic makers movement. And we work on mindset first and foremost, because Mm -hmm. that I find really influences the habit changes that they're trying to achieve with fitness and nutrition. But we definitely go into exercise and just really practical nutrition tips. So that's what, yeah, that's the majority of what I do. And I love that because like, it's not just one thing. Like that's what I always tell my women too, that it's not just about food, you know, and you have such a unique background where you're a dietitian, nutritionist, and then a yoga teacher and also a personal trainer that it's like all of these things come together to really paint a picture. And I totally agree with you that mindset is the most important thing out of all of those. So maybe you can tell us why you, uh, I, you know, I talk about mindset all the time. So maybe you can tell us about what mindset means to you and why it's so important to kind of spend time developing that. Definitely. Well, I definitely think it was a huge part of my story and realizing that some of the struggles that I had with food and with exercise, my background is is with over-exercising and getting kind of obsessive about food and exercise throughout college especially and a little bit afterwards, and that it was really rooted to beliefs I had about myself and and like my worth and feeling that I had to do these things to be a better person or to somehow check off a box or mm-hmm. fit a role <laughs> that I needed to, to, to play. And, and I realized that until I really got into my reasons behind why I wanted to live a healthy life and to do that, do the, do the actions that should be healthy, but had become unhealthy that I would keep <laughs> spinning my wheels, just keep kind of repeating patterns that were not healthy in the end. And so for me, mindset really, in terms of like exercise and nutrition, it, it gets, I think the first thing that's actually the most important is to get into your reason why trying mm-hmm. to, what is your motivation? Why are you choosing to do this now versus maybe six months ago or in six months, you know, like why is, why now? And what really is that emotional reason behind your, your, your wanting to take action? So that's usually what we dive into first with the one-on-one coaching clients as well as in my group coaching. Yeah. And, and I have, um, and I've heard you talk about, I I think I saw an Instagram post where you said, uh, that you don't have like the typical story of like this big transformation. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that that was so interesting um, because that's typically what we see. Like, oh, I went from this to this. Um, yes. And I just think it's interesting that you have something different, but it was still still something that you, you know, transformed on the inside. Um, and even like seeing you now and being around you, I can just tell you have like a super balanced energy and you're very calm. Uh, was there like a point, what did that look like when you were back, like in your days, like maybe of control? Um, what did it look like? And was there like a point where you were like, this isn't working? Like I have to do something different. Yes. Uh, what it looked like was. I think it really peaked in college. There was a lot of pressure. I was, you know, in the dietetics program that I was in, there was so much pressure to get good, get a good GPA and mm-hmm. apply for an internship and, and do these things. And we're always pressured that, you know, 50% of the applicants don't get an internship. So there was just a lot of pressure. And I think I had unacknowledged anxiety. Mm. <laughs> so there was just a lot of, um, I think, mental chatter going on of, feeling like I wasn't good enough and not even, even realizing that I was saying these things to myself. I think that's the, that's the trick, right? That a lot of times we don't even acknowledge the, the way we speak to ourselves. So I think it was before that was right around the same time I started to practice yoga. And that was a huge help for me to really slow down that chatter in my mind and actually start to listen to what I was saying to myself and be like, Whoa, pump the brakes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so unkind, so not, yeah, I think all of that was tied into. So it was just a lot of anxiety and um, feeling like I would try and do my best and then fail. So trying to be perfect. And then with whatever that means, you know, like watching my calories, counting calories, um, you know, trying to not eat sweets and then (laughs) binging on them. Totally. Yep. Natural response. Yeah. When I was studying for exams late at night and, um, and then feeling so bad about that that I would go to the gym the next day and be walking and running as much as I could to burn that off. And just feeling like I was always having a calculator in the back of my mind. And that was partly, you know, due to what I was studying with nutrition. Of course. And, but I took it I took it a step further and was really obsessed with it and always counting, okay, how many calories have I had? How much have I burned? Yeah, like a math <laughs> equation. So common. Yep. Yep. So for me, that was, that was definitely college, a lot of college. Um, just, I think from the stress, that was my way of feeling like I could manage it a bit better. And even though it wasn't healthy and then, and then what was my turning point was being in a class, (laughs) in a class that we were learning about eating disorder, disordered eating Mm -hmm. patterns. And, and there was a description of 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 like disordered eating it wasn't you know bulimia or anorexia it was just like kind of the category of disordered eating I'm like oh my gosh I like check a lot of these boxes and I don't like I thought I was being healthy (laughs) I thought I was doing all the things so that was a huge wake-up call for me it just scared me and I I went and saw a college counselor I think the next day and just Mm -hmm. like I really you know work through this and I know it's it's not something I'm just gonna like fix overnight exactly And he helped the person I spoke with was really helpful and started that that process of of paying attention and 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 just taking care of myself in in truly healthier ways. <laughs> yes, and it's so common um, because we can really get in our heads about it. And like you said, we can go a lifetime 
with these subconscious beliefs about ourselves and then acting in a way that we think that we need to like fix ourselves or in order like to be worthy in order to validate ourselves uh, when I realize now that like just by being alive, we're worthwhile humans, Um, which was kind of like this mind blowing thing to me. I'm like, I don't have to do all these million things that I do every day in order to, uh, you know, be, you know, to love myself. Um, And I work with a lot of women, too, who uh, are binging and who perhaps have like some sort of a disordered relationship with food and they work with me and they want to sort of fix their relationship with food like in a day. They're like, okay, I, I'm working with you. Like, let's do it. And I'm like, keep in mind, this like takes kind of a long time sometimes. Mm-hmm. So talk about that. Talk about how it's not just like a light switch thing that happens when we move from like maybe um, disordered or unhealthy to something that's like sustainable and loving. Absolutely. Yes, it's a, definitely a process. And I can understand that desire <laughs> to yes. just like want to switch, right? We like realize the problem and... I still do it, right? I still feel like I might have like this pattern behavior with Oli, my son, or with yeah. my husband. Just like, why do I keep doing this? I know, I know. Yeah. I realize it's not the best way, but you just keep doing it, right? And mm-hmm. it takes time to, because if we think about it, we've built up habits over years, right? Like I'm 38 years old. So if I want to change something now, is I have 38 years I'm working <laughs> against in a way. Mm-hmm. And the same was true with, um, you know, even when I was in college, those are things that have, been patterns I think from you know influences from my my youth that I maybe even didn't realize there's been influences from society from yeah just all these different ways that so just acknowledging I think first of all that we're not alone that other people have these struggles too and I like to call it like the struggle instead of like my struggle because I think such a good way to put it oh yeah just to like that we're not alone in this that Mm. something that it's not all my fault either too. Yes, right? yeah. That there's a lot of things that we're just we're trying to do our best. And so we do our best until we know better. And that process of knowing better and doing better does take time. And so I agree like if for just like basic habits in terms of like changing how I want to eat my in my nutrition. I've been talking about that a lot lately. It takes like 60 days I usually see for my clients. I don't know if you feel that too. Yes. For and that's with like kind of like practical physical changes not the mindset stuff. yes the right? mindset I think can take years exactly and I and I think like you mentioned working with clients that have a history of um, eating disorders or disordered eating that is something that can be you're working on I think for periods like throughout your life and it's not yes. like you just ever goes away and you have a better relationship with it yeah. and you have better tools to deal with it um, I still have patterns that can pop up when I'm really stressed or mm-hmm. um, not maybe taking the best care of myself. So it's, but the downtime is, is shorter. There's less downtime and I have more of the tools and the self-love in pay- place to just be like, okay, no, this is not the way I want to go with it. Exactly. And like you said, the practical things like to take somebody who maybe is eating a, a diet of or a way of eating of like processed foods and sugar to go towards more whole natural foods. Like that's a big for us. It's like natural and it's like just how we are at this point. But like it's a big leap to take. And it's not just like, OK, go to the grocery store and it's going to be like this. Like 
it takes probably two months, like you said, two, three months for like the practical stuff to come into place. But I personally am, I had bulimia in my teens and a little bit in my early twenties. Right now I'm in like my mid, I'm 33. So, um, it's been a while now that like I have recovered from that, but like you said, I'll still during moments of stress, uh, I'll have thoughts of like, you should binge right now. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, I have another voice that's like, what, like, that is so unattractive to me right now. Like, I just can't, because I've done so much, I don't even want to say unattractive, but it's just not appealing to me to do that anymore because I have developed um, so many different tools and like really worked hard on like my self-love and uh, the ability to believe that I'm worthy of things that like those behaviors uh, naturally fall away. Mm-hmm. as opposed to like forcing and getting rid of them and hating the behaviors. I find that like by looking at them and accepting them um, and approaching them with love and sort of embracing them in a way, mm-hmm. it really creates the most profound transformation. Like that's been my story and it's been the story for my clients as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, so what I really love about your approach is that in speaking about changes and in speaking about implementing a new lifestyle, you're just super practical and straightforward. Like it's like there's no fluff, there's no uh, there's no extravagance either. And I love seeing you like in your daily life, like with your kid, and just really doing what you need to do and being flexible, and not get not letting perfectionism get in, get in the way of those things. So, what are some ways that you would tell people? who are super intimidated and overwhelmed by making this a lifestyle, like where can they begin in both nutrition and movement? Well, I think it's good to pick one. Okay. <laughs> so, so to either pick, okay, exercise is what you're going to focus on first or nutrition. And honestly, I, I'll ask clients and say, what are you like drawn to? Because if they're really having fun more with exercise at the beginning and it's good stress relief for them, then we might start there, even though I know that, that probably the most important thing that they need to do is nutrition, especially if it's for fat loss, is, yes. is looking at their nutrition and looking at their stress and sleep. But I think it's really, I think so that's kind of the first thing is to pick what they're really drawn to and have a bit of ease with already and get some wins. So whether that's with nutrition or with exercise, it's just to get some small wins. And like the challenge I did just recently, the commit to fit, at first, the first time I did it, like the three or two years ago, I was just like, oh, this is going to be too fluff. You know, it's only like five minutes a day. Yeah. That's totally not enough. And everyone loved it. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Do it. They're like five minutes becomes 10 minutes and then it becomes 20 eventually, you know. Exactly. And I was just like, whoa, this actually works, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, surprised myself. So, um, I, I really try and start with those small ones. So for instance, like I said, like with exercise for a really busy mom, five minutes can be like, okay, I can do that. Yes. I can actually, yeah, I can definitely get five minutes. If that means getting up five minutes earlier or doing it right before we have lunch or right before dinner, those are easy to sneak in. Um, with nutrition, again, I try and, and part, part down to like one thing. And usually that is actually like adding in vegetables mm. instead of like saying, okay, you got to cut out this and this and this. I generally start with adding in what I call <clears throat> like the watery, more low carb vegetables. So really focusing on leafy greens, getting in just as much color on their plate and trying to fill up like half of the plate or bowl with, with those really vibrant vegetables. Mm-hmm. I find that that when you crowd in that good stuff, it usually crowds out 
some of the bad stuff. <laughs> exactly. And you're not saying don't have this, don't have that, which can be, you know, very triggering for some people. You're just saying like, add this good stuff in, especially if it tastes good too. Mm-hmm. I also, I saw in your blog that you had a post about how to make them taste awesome. <laughs> and I think that's so important. And I think that I always encourage my women to do the same. I'm like, if you don't like the way that you're eating, then mm-hmm. it's not going to last. And if these things aren't satisfying and if you don't picture yourself doing this forever, then it's going to be really hard. So go ahead and add like maybe a little bit of nuts or some avocado or roast veggies or, you know, implement some good cooking fats and things like that. There's just some really good ways uh, to do that. And like you said, with the movement, 10 minutes makes a huge difference. Like just talking about like traveling, I don't have kids, so. Um, I have a dog who's also very needy. I know it doesn't compare to, <laughs> to having a child at all. But um, when I was in Boston, when I was staying at my Airbnb, I movement is now something that I just have to do every day uh, in order to feel good in my body and in my head. And it's not even like I have to do it. It's like something my body craves and really mm-hmm. needs in order to think well, in order to like be who I want to be. Um, and when I was in Boston, I just did 10 minutes every day. Um, Mm -hmm. like an EMOM of like burpees and air squats or something like that, or even like a little bit of yoga. And just those 10 minutes totally changed my day completely. Yeah. Which was, which was awesome. And something that I love that you say too, is that, um, the importance of walking. Mm -hmm. So talk Mm -hmm. about why walking is so important, even though like when I tell women that maybe (laughs) they should, uh, stop the cardio for a little bit, like the heavy cardio and do walking instead, Mm-hmm. Why Why do you think that that um, is so hard for women to let go of? And why is it so important to walk and be active? Oh, I love walking. It's like my number one. Yeah, <laughs> me of, too. I love favorite it. Favorite way to move, especially if it can be outside in nature. Yes, yes. And I always start like try to differentiate between exercise and movement. And so walking, I would consider a movement or an essential. So movements are activities of daily living that our bodies need and our health needs to just function at its best. And we've really cut down on it as a, throughout <laughs> modern history. It's just gone steadily downhill because it's gotten more convenient in our lifestyles. So with movement, I just, I always emphasize because sometimes people really get attached to the cardio, like you said, like running or exercise and that those like CrossFit or not that that's bad or Orange Theory, all those things that can be, can be good, but they focus so much on that and like adding those in and being like, this is going to be like the bandaid on an inactive lifestyle. But really, I find that, you know, ultimately the goal with my ladies is to like move a lot and exercise a little, like just enough. Oh, wow. That's such a good way to put it. Yeah. And thanks. And it's um, so with walking, I really emphasize it so much because it's it has so many benefits. And the more we can increase that movement and activity of daily living, that actually makes up close to like 15 percent or more of our metabolic burn or about like the calories that we're using up. Mm -hmm. Whereas exercise is on average about, depending on the person, about 5%. So for someone that's really fixated on that, you know, trying to burn off and trying to have that whole like calculator in the back of their mind that that's, that's a convincing um, number game for them. I think it's like, Oh, actually walking (laughs) and just increasing my steps is going to do more in the bigger scheme of things than just trying to put a bandaid with some, you know, an exercise class on top of it. Exactly. And, and it's crazy too, for like the type A people who, and that was me as well, like letting go of like 
the spin classes or the Orange Theory. Many years ago, I was doing Orange Theory six days a week, killing myself. Oh my gosh. And and I saw zero results in my body. Like mm. I didn't like lose any fat. I didn't feel better. And I was like, what is happening? Like this is what I'm <laughs> supposed to be doing. I'm working my ass off. I'm so tired. And oh my nothing, gosh. Nothing is happening. And something that I love about your approach too is that you, I believe like that if you want body change, that that's okay. Especially if it's coming from like a loving place, which I just, you just saw the challenge that I did, like the, the mindful, uh, fat loss challenge. Um, talk about that. Talk about like, if somebody, you know, wants to see the body change, maybe where they should have their mindset and what are some things that they can do? Um, first let's start with exercise, uh, some practical stuff that they can do that would be beneficial for that. So yeah, I definitely practice, I think, loving acceptance. So loving yourself as is, even if you're feeling like, oh, I'd love to lose weight or get leaner, but starting with that loving acceptance of like, I'm, I am, like you said before, like just how I am showing up, I'm worthy and like I'm a valuable human being mm-hmm. and getting really basic like that. And it can be hard to, to just to go from hating yourself to loving yourself, I think. So maybe acknowledging, and I I tell the women I work with that you're not going to necessarily swing over to loving yourself, but maybe just start with like neutrality. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Like this is my body right now. And then some practical ways to really see some change is again, like I, Oh gosh, there's so many places to start, but with exercise, again, I would have them depending on the, on the person, but getting that movement in, like just whatever steps they can increase throughout their day with, walking more t- breaking it up too because that can be tricky yeah i'm grateful that in the city i live in chicago and i have to walk a lot of places mm. and i've always kind of apart from growing up in the suburbs i've always lived in the city as an adult and never had a car until recently and that forces you to have to take steps so that's one thing i do kind of like about living in the city but yeah. <laughs> if you're in the suburbs or someplace where you you have to drive more than breaking it up. Like having a dog is actually perfect. Yes, yes. <laughs> you have to get out. Mm-hmm. But if you don't like have a dog, just maybe, you know, make that your phone call if you can, if it's, if the weather permits or even pacing, I pace around my house all the time. Me too. So whenever you do. Yeah. yeah like we're just walking like before this, I was like upstairs, downstairs, like just going yeah. all over the place. Yeah. And I, anytime I have a coaching call with one of my clients, I really encourage them. I'm usually walking around and I encourage them to do the same thing while we're talking and making that time even the movement that they can get in. So just breaking it up that way. Of course, you can park further away, take steps. It does, it's still, you know, it takes a lot of that to, to add up the steps. So it's always helpful to just get in a little bit of like intentional, maybe 10, 20 minute walk every day. And then for body change, yes, I think like like I said, you know, move a lot, exercise a little bit. That's how you lifting heavy weights. I know you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you yes, I've been getting more into it. Yeah, yeah. So see what you're doing. Um, so lifting heavy weights, which I think sometimes women still can be a little bit shy of yes. approaching. Mm-hmm. Either it doesn't have to be the barbell. I think starting with just heavier dumbbells is usually what is a really good entry point. So that's generally what I tell women is like almost always you can go about five pounds heavier than you are right now Mm -hmm. and to really focus on that rest-based training which is from metabolic effect where you have to lift heavier and get your heart rate up because you're using heavier weight too Mm -hmm. Um, and then having to rest because you're you're using it you're more challenging you're challenging yourself more than just like pacing through it 
Exactly. Oh. And my mom, it's funny because my mom, um, <laughs> I asked her, you know, I, for the past like year and a half, I actually used to do a lot of CrossFit like five years ago and it, uh, destroyed my body because I tried to be keto at the same time. Mm. This was like five years ago and completely destroyed my hormones and my metabolism. I, I gained weight and like it was, I just felt terrible and I, uh, had to take a break from weights for two years to kind of like reset my body, just do yoga and walking. So like the past, um, the past probably two years, I've been slowly getting back into it. And then like the past six months, I really like, really love, I've like found the love for it. And I asked my mom to come with me. I'm like, why don't you come to the class? Like, it's a great group of women. It's amazing. It's a functional fitness gym. And she's like, but you don't use the thing, do you? And I'm like, what thing? And she's like, that big thing. And I'm like, what, the barbell? And she's like, yeah, I can't do that. And I'm like, man, like you could do a 15-pound barbell. It's okay. She's like, I'm not touching that thing. Like it's just so intimidating for women. So what would you say to women who are so intimidated even to touch a dumbbell, women who are scared of um, getting bulky, even though I tell them like you can't even imagine the amount of work that it takes and how much you have to eat to to get bulky. So what what would you say to those women? I would say, I think first of all, to normalize it, that a lot of women feel that way. And mm-hmm. if you are going to a gym, to I know that other people are really nervous too. Yeah. And I think that just helps that feeling of like, I'm not in this alone. And to realize that everyone else is kind of because they're all <laughs> maybe a little bit nervous, or if they're experienced gym people, they're just focused on their workout. They're not watching you. They're not, you know, worried about what you're doing. And it can be hard for me even as a trainer when I go to the gym to like yeah. remember that because I still get caught up in like, oh, gosh. yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> what, are people, what are they watching me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and every time I look around, I'm like, nobody's watching you unless it's some weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I know, which some does guy. happen. There's always yeah. one guy that's then like, maybe he comes and corrects your form or something. Yeah. Yeah, or make some comment that is not asked for about yeah. your body. Yes. <laughs> like, you're working really hard. Keep up the good work. I'm like, okay, thanks. That. That's not what I'm asking for. Yeah, yeah. at all. It's yeah. All for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think normalizing a bit, acknowledging that other people aren't really watching you and, and they're into their own thing. And also maybe working with someone so that you have some, some like guidance. So when you go into it, you're not feeling like you're completely blindsided or not sure of like how to stay safe. I think particularly with barbell work that can be helpful. And, and also maybe go with a friend too. Like if that helps to have that camaraderie of like you're in this together, I've been seeing more women in the weight room at my gym in pairs. And I love that. And I always try and like, be like, yes, I love seeing more women in here. Yeah. Just adding, adding a bit of the community aspect to it can be helpful. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any suggestions too? Because I always find that that can be a tricky one. I think just um, going slowly, like just maybe starting with body weight at the beginning and Mm -hmm. and getting used to the feeling because it's a very different feeling and Mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable. Like Mm -hmm. to to do a push-up, even just one push-up is so hard. Like it took me forever to just get one push-up, one perfect push-up, one chaturanga. Like Mm -hmm. it probably took me like six months to like get the you know, an aligned chaturanga, which is the yoga push up. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I suggest getting used to the feeling of what strength training feels like. So like it, you know, cardio can feel good because you're just like there, like in one place doing something, but the feeling of strength and 
like to get stronger, I tell them to get used to, to expect the discomfort Mm. And then to really get, you know, to embrace it and to know that like that discomfort is actually the magic of what will take them to the next level. So maybe just starting with air squats, starting with, you know, maybe like an incline push up, Mm -hmm. um, things like that. Uh, And then moving to like just like maybe five pounds and then 10 pounds. And I'm like, you don't have to lift heavy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, you should lift heavy, but it doesn't have to be a heavy weight for you. It might be 10 pounds at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. You know, all that matters is that you progress and get stronger. Such a good point. I think a lot of times that's, yeah, that's the goals heavy. Yes. But for someone heavy for them right now might be body weight. And I love that. It's relative. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. Like your body has to have, just continue to progress, has to continue to have like a challenge put on it. So exactly. there's always somewhere to go. I know. And, And it's a metaphor for life for me too, to like know that like, Maybe sometimes I don't think I can do something uh, Mm -hmm. and then to be able to do it and to grow. So to me, it's just like a a wonderful metaphor. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's given me such like a good sense of like even just like the way I walk around in the world now, I just feel a lot more confident Um, and even like just metabolically for our bodies and like hormonally, the signals that we send it through strength training, I avoided it for so long. And I'm like, now, like as a result, I'm just trying to feel stronger in my body. And as a result, my body is changing slowly in ways that I had used to do things like just go really crazy, you Mm -hmm. know, like doing like tons of cardio, like literally an hour and a half of cardio a day, uh, in order to see a change. And now I'm like, I'm doing way less and Mm -hmm. eating more. (laughs) And now like, you know, I'm doing the opposite of what we're told. And, um, and I'm seeing these awesome changes. So I do suggest that women start, you know, working with somebody, even getting like a, a trusted program or something that can just be body weight and then just progressing, uh, in a heavy way that's relative to them. Yes. Yeah. Relative is key, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what about nutrition? Um, there's so much like, you know, information out there in regards to nutrition. Uh, and I used to get really bogged down by it, but if you just had to give a few tips about like maybe nutrition for body change, um, and especially for people who are maybe addicted to sugar, who mm. can't, uh, a lot of my women come to me and they're like, they can't give up their sweets. Do you think that people should give up sweets? Is that an individual thing? I'm just curious about what your thoughts are about that. Yes. I am yeah, happy to share about that. And I love, I love talking to you when we were in Boston and about, yes. I think of this idea of, giving ourselves the opportunity to feel how good we can feel with yes. eating well. Yes, and yes. sometimes it can be worth maybe doing a whole 30 or yes. a, a period like I'm doing a reset right now and to like, I like to call it peeling off layers that mm. aren't serving anymore. It's like a facial for our nutrition. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> take off the yes. old, old stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so true. <laughs> and have a bright, radiant face, <laughs> bright, radiant energy from your diet. So I, I think a good starting point, I think, you know, I said it earlier, but again, I think there can't be emphasized enough the quality or the importance of adding in just vegetables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I feel like when I look at most people's diet, they're lacking in vegetables and their protein, they usually have adequate protein, but it's really heavy towards just like dinner or maybe lunch yes. and it's not... So they're getting enough, but it's not distributed throughout the day. And I think, you know, there's been a huge push lately with the, I think protein has been a huge yes. push with a lot of different diets. 
and just in, in food products, you'll see that products now that are otherwise, I would say crap, but they added protein to it. So, so it's people, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I've seen those and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like granola bars that are really sugary and, and have soy and stuff. Yeah. 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 And so good marketing. Yes. Oh my gosh. Very good. And, but, and so people are thinking, oh, I need to have more protein, but really I think the key is just to distribute it and that can help with satiety and which is important for like physique change for losing, like leaning down. If you're, if that's a goal that people do have, and also just to feel energized and good throughout the day. It allows your body to really absorb that protein more effectively and efficiently if you kind of dose it out um, mm-hmm. more at breakfast, some at lunch, some at dinner, but not all at dinner and a little bit at lunch and none at breakfast. That's kind of the standard. Yes, totally. Yes. And, and it used to be me. Yes. 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 Me yeah. too. And I'd be crashing and wondering what's happening. And exactly. Yeah. So I feel like having that foundation of a lot of vegetables, like I, that's my, my kind of streamline nutrition essential. I call it is like 50% of my plate. I try and fill up with, with veggies, um, that are generally lower in carbs. And then I have like part of my plate will be like about the other quarter of it will be more starchy vegetables, um, maybe, or whole grains. I usually like to try and get my carbs from vegetables because I generally provide more, they give you lots of fiber plus lots of vitamins and minerals. And then lean protein for the other part. And then healthy fats kind of drizzled. Yes. (laughs) Like you said, to have it taste good. Exactly. Super important for female hormones. So absolutely. Yeah. And then I think it is important to pay attention to portion size because, right, if body change is something that people are looking for, we can't overdo it even with the healthy stuff with like, (laughs) with adding on a lot of, you know, I think healthy fats are super important. But then, yeah, too much olive oil, too much peanut butter, all those things can really add up to extra calories that do make it harder to see body change. Totally. And I think a lot of people like, and this happened to me when I first got into, uh, when I first did my Whole30 was like five years ago. And back then, and I think even now there's like this narrative that like, if you just eat healthy food, that you'll lose weight. Mm. And, uh, so I would have like on my plate, like salmon, and then I would put it over a salad with bacon and avocado and olive oil. And I just had no idea. Like I was just, you know, (laughs) I I literally had no clue. I'm like, all of these are whole 30 and I probably had like 40 or 50 grams of fat, like in just that one meal. And then I would have like a sweet potato. So it's like the combination between like the fat and the starch and all these things. I just didn't think portion sized uh, mattered because a lot of people don't say that it matters. Like, oh, mm-hmm. your hormones will just like respond magically and mm-hmm. like assimilate this food. Um, and then I wondered why I didn't feel well. So I think it's such a great point to say that, you know, portion size does matter. It's both quality and quantity. Mm-hmm. And the way that you described is pretty much exactly how I tell my clients to eat, to have the protein, even though they're resistant to it. Uh, <laughs> and I say it too. I'm like, it's not my favorite thing to eat either. Like I would probably just eat carbs and fat if it were up to me. Um, but protein, like I don't want to spend my time in between my meal thinking about food. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens if I don't have the protein on my plate because I don't feel satisfied. Like I just always feel like I want to eat more if I don't so have it. And I, and I tell them too, to like throw out the notion of breakfast that it's just like meal one. Like sometimes I'll have like tuna salad for breakfast or like a piece of salmon or, mm-hmm. you know, just whatever uh, mm-hmm. is there to get, you know, 
to make sure that I feel good. And it's again, coming from that place of self-love to take care of myself. What about when people are addicted to sugar? And I see a lot of people maybe reaching for a lot of fruit um, sometimes and uh, maybe not realizing that that's something that we should watch as well in terms of our portion sizes. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> We're just having a not heated, but interesting discussion on my, in the magic wickers movement and my group about that. And the ladies are asking like, well, what are you, know, what's your take on fruit? And I definitely, okay. So here's, I definitely think it's a treat actually. I, I think it's like a good uh, option to have instead of maybe a donut mm-hmm. <laughs> or, uh, and you know, I think you know me. <laughs> I love yes. Donuts. Yeah, yeah, that's your thing. Occasionally, it's a good, a nice treat I like to have. Mm-hmm. But if we can swap out something that's loaded with fat and processed carbs and a lot of preservatives potentially in a in a more packaged or prepared treat and swap that out with fruit, that's a great step. But then, like you said, I think it's definitely important to account for it and. There's, it drives me nuts. And, you know, I'm a dietitian and this huge thing about five a day, that was a big deal in the past. Like of fruits and vegetables. I'm like, no, of like vegetables with some fruit, but methaging, people think that they're equivalent. And I'm like, no, yes, (laughs) vegetables first, vegetables first, and then some fruit. And, and to, and to, yeah, exactly. Like I, I think we've done a huge disservice, particularly to our children. I've seen it so many times with lunches that are packed or breakfast or dinners or whatever. And they are options that I have for Oli when I go out to eat. And I'm like, this is not a meal that I would serve him. I, you know, normally I wouldn't choose this. Like mandarin oranges aren't a side. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's a dessert for me. Like he needs to have like green beans or some kind of real vegetable. Exactly. So I, I that's my little soapbox. I feel like fruits aren't vegetables. I know. <laughs> and, and especially for fat loss, I think too, that like, you know, people say like, oh, just if you have your calories in check, then it really doesn't matter what you eat. But sometimes like I'll see um, women eating, like you said, like three pieces per day um, and then wondering why they're not seeing the body change. Um, and when it's not that they're bad. I don't want to say that they're they're not good. They're a great choice. They're filled with fiber and, you know, vitamins and minerals. But it's just having the awareness of like, okay, if I have a goal, then this is just the truth about, um, you know, this is just the truth about the way that this works in my body. And then just really viewing it from that point, but that from that perspective. Exactly. I think and that's one thing I work on too, is just like paying attention to the clues that our body are giving us with like the hunger typical, right? Like how yes. to check the hunger, energy and cravings. And those, so sometimes I won't be too pushy with them at first about like cutting out the fruit, but just like, okay, pay attention. How do you feel exactly. after that breakfast when you eat your, like all the carbs and all the fat, but not any protein and learn from that and always you know, you have to figure out, everyone has to figure out their diet. I say, but put it through the filter of you, like take all these kind of nutritional how to's and then be like, okay, I'm going to filter this through me and see how my body responds to it. And most of the time they're like, like if you're having that much fruit, like three servings a day, it's all that sweet. It's like triggering the, exactly. not only like releasing more insulin, which is huge, like a big um, hormone for fat storage, but it's also just like programming our taste buds for sweet so much. Exactly. So for all the parents out there, it's really important. Yes. <laughs> to expose your children to a variety of ta- like different tastes, like bitter yes. and sour and all those things that are 
often with vegetables too. So exactly. And it, and it's such a good point about the taste too, mm-hmm. because some people will have like artificial sweeteners oh, yeah. or diet sodas or things like that. And I'm like, even though there's no calories in there, the mm-hmm. fact that you are giving your body the sweetness is giving it also like a dopamine release. And I'm just always trying to be aware and, and foster awareness in my clients. Like when you're reaching for that, um, I think it can be beneficial for maybe a period of time if you're in a healthy mindset um, to maybe do a, a period where maybe you challenge yourself to not have as many sweets mm-hmm. um, for a time period so that you can kind of reset yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And I know we talked about that a little bit before. Um, yeah. But talking, I know you're a mom and <laughs> uh, and I also admire your commitment to self-care and the fact that you're a yoga teacher that you know about all of these things like you know to keep your mind healthy your soul healthy your body healthy and how they all go together how do you balance i'm always like let me just like disclaimer i'm always like so in such admiration of moms because like i feel like i can't handle like my life is so overwhelming and i'm like i can't even imagine what it's like to have a human that i take care of um so how do you balance those things and how did becoming a mom change your life Oh, so many ways. <laughs> I know. But I want to say one thing too, because I felt the same as you when I was a single working woman. Like I felt really busy and stressed. And so I always acknowledge like any woman out there, you're busy, even if you have a child or not. It just changes, I think, what you do in your day. Mm-hmm. But um, to, to validate that you have the, you know, you have your the struggles, even if you're not a mom and that you, your life Thank is you. full. Yeah, and it's Thank full, you. and that there's there's a lot of things that you're you're doing that that matter to you, and and I, that stress is real. So I get yes. it. <laughs> I, I felt it. I, felt I appreciate it before that I had it. <laughs> before a kid, because I think there can be this glorification or like kind of these camps, right, of moms, non moms, and yeah. let's just let's bridge that a little bit. <laughs> and sometimes I feel guilty. I'm like I shouldn't feel this stressed. Like I don't even have a kid yet. You know what I mean? But, yeah. And it's not like I feel stressed all the time, but it's like my day is really full. Um, mm-hmm. But I also choose for it to be like that, and I love it. So I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah, it's just different. So, oh gosh, how did becoming a mom change me in so many good ways too, right? I feel like it's been – it was actually a really hard decision for me to decide to become a mom. My husband mm-hmm. is older than I am by quite a few years, and he has – I have stepchildren that are okay. 18, 18 and 21. So he oh, already wow. had his – experience of young parenthood uh-huh. and so that that decision he was supportive and was like yes if you really want it but I was like oh shit yes <laughs> like, you know this is gonna be you can curse you know, like, okay. yeah you know, this is just I really want to think this through and so I I really it was a heavy decision and you know a thoughtful decision I should say not heavy but um what were kind I, of the thoughts that went went through that decision and like what just what was that about because I have those two yeah I think, I think what it came down to was that I, I wanted, cause yeah, there's the appealing aspect of like, if I didn't have a baby, we could travel a lot more. We would have, um, I would have more freedom to really pursue the work that I wanted. Um, but he's so integral to the work that I do in a lot of ways that he inspires me and is a big motivation to my work that it's kind of funny to me. Like, I'm like, what would my work be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a child. So, um, that was, a, those were the, like kind of the pros and cons. And then for me, it really came down to like wanting to have the experience with my husband, mm-hmm. but also personally, I knew it was going to be 
like you said, like the discomfort, there's a lot of discomfort in, in being a parent and you have to be very, in putting someone else first a lot. And, and it's, my mom always calls it the boot camp of life is motherhood mm-hmm. is like the boot camp of life and that you're really, you are kind of in the trenches, especially the first year, but you are, it's a huge accelerator for self growth, I feel. Um, so for me, it was kind of like, in a way, a little bit selfish (laughs) to to be like, okay, this experience of motherhood would be transformative. I just, that was kind of, um, what sealed the deal for me in a way. And, um, I just wanted to love, love this person that I created with my husband, having that experience with him. Mm. It's an extremely personal choice though. And yes, yes, it can be, but I think acknowledging that it can be a tough choice sometimes and that. Yeah, it's not straightforward. No, it isn't. And there's so much nuance involved in there. And I have like, I mirror so many of those sentiments, like it would be so nice if like we could just travel. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, it's, I just think it's so cool to like literally make a person that's a combo of you and the person that you love the most. Like it's just so nuts to me. Yeah. And their kids are just so fun and like they can be little shits too, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) a lot of joy and it just helps. I think what other ways that it changed me was just forcing me to slow down Mm. and really evaluate what mattered to me. And also I, I was so, I was one of those moms that was like, I'm going to feed him like perfectly. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I was like making my own bone broth and mm. like he had like organic everything. And I, and that was hard to do. We were living in Argentina at the time, but I just was like going above and beyond. And so for me, it actually was like this moment of I'm taking such good care of him. Why am I not doing this for myself? Mm. And it was actually inspiring for me to really make some significant changes in my diet you know, four or five years ago and, and really get back into preparing really healthy, nourishing meals for myself out of a totally different place. Right. Like, yes, yes. I had seen all the how to's before, but it really shifted my why and mm-hmm. made it, made it just that became more aligned and just really easier then. And it's natural and it's- too. It's like, I want to feel a certain way. And I care about myself enough to put in the effort to feel a certain way. So this is just something I do now. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that that's such a, an integral shift that, that we can make in order to make these changes sustainable and mm-hmm. to have them stick because it becomes appealing. It becomes something that you want to do in order to feel a certain way. Exactly. And I know we talked before about like our relationship with alcohol and yes, like, yes, this much. And I thought it'd be fun to kind of interesting to talk about that. But yes. because it really was when I became pregnant, obviously, I stopped drinking mm-hmm. before having only especially living in Argentina, they had such amazing Malbec. I would drink yes. you know, often mm-hmm. the glass of red wine with dinner and, or with friends, you know, meeting up and, and it had become sort of this like habitual thing that I, I was like, I have to have it. It's good. Yes. I, you know, it tastes so good. And there was so much messaging around like, Oh yeah. Like a glass of wine with dinner is always like a health thing mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. has shifted now. Thankfully yes. with the new study. Yes. But when I had, it was hard at first. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to give up my wine. And I really didn't want to. But then, like you said, like it became this, when I was able to drink again and really evaluated how I felt. And by being a mom and not having as much time and just being so worn out, I was like, I don't want to feel like crap the next day. It really forced me to evaluate and the choice became easier and easier to just say no to it. And, and it wasn't like, 
it was a hardship. It was just like, no, you know, actually this is a treat for myself to not drink because I'll feel awesome tomorrow exactly. and I can still have fun with my friends. It's not like I have to. <laughs> exactly. But like you said, it's just such a habit. And if it's been so many years, you know, having that as something you do, and especially like everything that we do revolves around that, like, Hey, let's go get drinks. Hey, let's go get dinner and have like this amazing wine. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was, I think for anybody who's thinking about this, because I do get people, I did a whole podcast about it and I talk uh, openly about it. Uh, I get messages every week of people telling me, you know, having stories similar to ours or just telling me like, wow, just hearing you say that it was okay for me to not have alcohol with my friends just really inspired me to not do it because of course it's fun. Like I love, mm-hmm. like I love drinking wine and going out with my friends, but then it's like, it's probably three hours, you know what I mean? But then I'm, I feel terrible for the next like two days Mm. and I really had to evaluate like, and then really, I really learned also how to like speak for, speak up for myself and say my needs. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, I went to culinary school, um, certified in wine. So I was always the person who would pick the wine and knew a lot about it. So it's like, I go with people and especially like my fiance's family and even my fiance too at the beginning being like, all right, what are we going to get? What are we going to enjoy? And then to have me be the person say like, I'm actually not drinking right now. It's like, what, what, what's ha- what happened to you? You know? So I really, it was hard for me at the beginning because I really had to let go of a certain part of my identity as well. Mm. You know, this person that like ate everything and tried everything and just, um, you know, was always down for whatever. Mm-hmm. To now be somebody that took care of myself, it was a tough transition. Mm-hmm. And now, um, you know, I really don't drink that much. Like when I was in Boston, my fiance came um, on the last day to join me and we stayed for a few extra days. And I had told myself, like, you know what, if I want to drink with him, it was my birthday weekend. Um, so I said, like, if I want to drink with him, like, we'll have a special bottle of wine at a restaurant or something. <laughs> but when the moment came down to it, I never wanted to do it. Like it just like we'd get to the restaurant and I'm like, and he's like, all right, what are we going to order? I'm like, I actually don't even want it. So, it, <laughs> and it was a natural, and I think it was actually the first like vacation that we took where I just didn't have any alcohol and it mm-hmm. was a completely different experience. And like, of course, if I wanted it, I would have had it, mm-hmm. but it just was not appealing. Yeah. And that's just so interesting to me. And, um, it is possible to have fun without it, which I think people oh. need to know. It's like really not that big of a deal. It's just a hump that you need to get over. Yeah. I'm just curious, how many years have you been kind of slowly cutting, um, cutting out? Because I think that's, I think, helpful for some people. Yes. For me, yeah. I'm still, I think, weaning back and off of it. <laughs> it's been probably, um, it's been probably two years, two or three years now that I've been, that I noticed that like it wasn't serving me. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, probably, I'd say probably three years um, where I remember exactly the moment where I, where I realized it, I was, it was a new year's Mm. and I had had like, you know, before it was like, I'll just drink whatever. So I would have, I had like, you know, maybe two glasses of champagne and then like two cocktails. And I remember being at the gym the next day um, or no, two days later, because I was too hungover the next day to go to the gym. (laughs) And to reiterate too, I was never an alcoholic. Like it's not an addictive thing for me. Um, but I remember like two days later looking at myself in the gym and seeing in my eyes that like they were cloudy and like, I just didn't like the way that I looked and that I felt, 
either. You know, I'm mm. like, there was just something in my eyes that was like a little bit dead. Mm. Um, and I was like, this just isn't, isn't worth it. And like, I have to stop associating fun, um, with getting drunk with my friends. Mm-hmm. And, uh, slowly then it became like maybe from every weekend to once a month to then. And that happened for a while. And then maybe like once every three months now, maybe like once every six months or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't know when I'll drink again. I, I leave it open, yeah. um, with no rules or anything, but, uh, it, it's definitely a process. It's not a light switch thing. Yes. Yes. Oh you my know, God. it's, yeah. and I think so many women that I work with, alcohol is like the biggest thing that gets in their way because it's Mm -hmm. like they drink and then they eat Mm -hmm. poorly and then they don't go to the gym the next day. Um, Mm -hmm. So it can be kind of like a cascade of things that can um, deter them from their goals. And I want to acknowledge like that it is hard to make Mm -hmm. that, make that decision. You have to be like really thoughtful and mindful and like, you know, confident in your decision. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I think, yeah, my, my start with it was more of that I had to, like, just a hard stop with getting uh-huh. pregnant. Oh, yes, yeah. I'm grateful for it. It's kind of like you said, like we've talked about, you know, like giving ourselves that opportunity that it can feel hard to maybe give up, like, the sweets or the, um, I don't know, reliance on processed food when, when somebody does, like, the whole 30 or um, chooses to give up alcohol. It can be hard. But for me, it was, like, helpful just to have that experience of, like, Oh, I don't really need this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like it came about it a different way, but yeah, and I don't have as severe of a reaction to it when I drink it. So that can mm-hmm. almost Yeah, it's, I leave it open too. Like I just try and really just tune in every time and just be like, is it like thinking of my future self like you did? Exactly. Kind of like, like what is it worth do you it? Want to feel like tomorrow? Yes. yes. Because if I want to, if I want to feel good, then usually it's a hard no. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it, and it's funny because my moments always involve other people. Like maybe a year, my last birthday, I had my friends over and I made like this lasagna, this like amazing lasagna with like a homemade Caesar salad. And one of my friends uh, who's really into wine brought like five really nice bottles Mm. And I drank that night. I probably had like three or four glasses of wine. I knew I didn't have to do any work the next day. It was like planned. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I'm just going to enjoy myself today. Um, And then, of course, I felt like crap. But it was (laughs) worth like in that moment, it was worth it. Celebrating my birthday with like my eight closest friends and my fiance. It's just like like you said, and I know you talk about this too, just being really mindful about the decision and, and the implications of our choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in Boston, like we toasted that first night and then we both like put the thing down. Yeah. We're like we just don't want to do it right now. And that's okay. Yes. And I think it does help. It helps yes, to just have camaraderie. Yeah. Because like it, it is still hard when, especially if something's new, like if there's those social habits that we have that are just pattern behaviors that we just fall into. And I guess I love how you emphasize too, you know, like that it's different. I think I just want to acknowledge that for someone who does have an addiction, I think it's a yes. different picture and I don't want to paint like paint it too lightly. I know it can be a, yes. a really long struggle and, um, ongoing thing. So yes, just get that support. And, um, exactly. And where people can't moderate, some people just can't, yeah. can't mod- and that's okay too. It's just about mm-hmm. like, you know, self-awareness and and that is a hard process too to kind of um you know see the impact if that it has in your life and to see if it's worth it to keep it in and and so individual Mm -hmm. um 
so I could talk to you forever. I can't believe a whole hour has gone by already. Uh, I always do a couple quick fire questions at the end. Um, the first one that I ask is, uh, since I'm such an avid reader, I'm always curious about like, if my guests are reading something that's really having a big impact on them, or if you've had a book in the past that you really love. Oh, goodness. Yes. Um, I finished recently, um, Eckhart Tolle, um, um, power of now. Mm, Such a good one. And I like really took it slow. Yeah. It's super (laughs) dense. Yeah. Yeah. Five, five pages a day probably. And I want to go back and read it again for sure. It's, I think it's going to be one of those ones that I read a few times in my life. Um, so that's one that had a big impact on my life recently. Um, yeah. And then I actually haven't been reading as much lately. I would like to get back into it. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready for some fiction. Yeah. <laughs> so most of what I read is more like about business or exactly. and, and like, like spiritual things. So yes. um, I'm ready lighter. <laughs> yeah. And the power of now is actually a really popular answer. Like a lot of people. Oh, really? Yeah. A lot of people say that that's uh, a book that like really impacted them. And mm-hmm. same thing. I, I recently read Crazy Rich Asians, which was really good of that one um, is it fun it was really it was just what I needed like just something where I didn't have to think I'm like why does it it doesn't have to be so heavy all the time like I can <laughs> yeah. read something fun um and speaking about spirituality I always ask my guests like I'm very spiritual and I've had my own journey uh with kind of like my relationship with whatever is out there um mm-hmm. so what's your take on that and what are your sort of viewpoints and um like if you have any practices or anything that you do um, well, I'm not religious in any way, but I would say that I'm spiritual. I was raised religious, um, mm-hmm. Christian, but have really, I think through my, my yoga practice have come to, I don't know, yeah, like love is my religion and mm-hmm. connection, really feeling the connection between all of us and, and really that feeling of that there other, so I, my experience is so connected to someone else's and that to try and see those similarities rather than the differences. Mm. Um, and so in terms of practices, it's usually meditation every day. Um, not always, mm-hmm. <laughs> but try, try and have that be a part of the start of my day. Reflective, like journaling, doing morning pages. I don't know if you're Oh, familiar. yes. Julia Cameron. Yeah. Julia love Cameron. It. Yep. I yeah. I love him. Yeah. I do them when I, I can. Mm-hmm. Not every day, but they're helpful. Or in writing out my gratitude. Yes. Some, I think like my morning time is my, and I was actually really missing that the last few weeks because I was doing my launch and was really busy. Yes, yes. Had it, and I and I hadn't prioritized it, and I felt it. Like I've been totally. just getting back into it this last week, and it feels so good. And then it's kind of like that thing. It's like why have why did I ever give it up? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Totally. So that first hour of the day includes meditation, journaling, reading some, some like a book, like the power of now, mm-hmm. you know, at least a few pages of that writing out like my gratitude and sort of how I want my day to like my vision for the day or my relationships and how I want that to look. So that's, yeah, that's and awesome. Just, yeah. And just trying to be really present. I'm not, you know, it's a practice. Yeah. Be present with Oli, my son, my husband, not falling into following falling into pattern behaviors that are those things like why am I doing this even though I know it's not the most helpful exactly. or loving yes totally oh. and my so, practice looks so similar 
Um, you know, just trying to be intentional and really Mm -hmm. knowing that some days I'm going to have to force myself to do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's, I know that it's always good for me, but like some mornings I wake up and I'm like, I'd rather online shop than (laughs) do my morning pages. Um, but I have to tell myself like, no, like this is going to be better for you. And, um, you know, I just think it's so important to feel like you said, connected and centered and and to give ourselves the opportunity for those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Another question that I ask is just for like my own um, indulgence, but I'm always <laughs> curious about my guests. Like if you were on uh, death row, what would be your last meal? Oh, my last meal. I would, it wouldn't be prison food. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes they, they bring it in. Oh, like really? Yeah. Sometimes they'll do like special requests. Not really awesome if you think about it. I know. It is. <laughs> <laughs> if you think of the situation. I know. You know. <laughs> Um, my favorite meal. Oh, I love French food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so probably like a, just a really luxurious French meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would have wine for sure yeah. if it was my last meal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and probably some delicious chocolate cake for dessert. But yeah, I don't have any particular dish that I know of. I just love like almost all French food. So yeah. I think it'd probably be something probably really cheesy and delicious and totally, totally. <laughs> um and the last question i ask is what is the greatest advice that you have ever been given or something that has like really been impactful for you and it doesn't have to be anything grand just something that has sort of changed maybe your mindset or your perspective I think something just recently, um, and I'm excited because I just signed up for a new coach with Sharon. Oh, wow. Wholehearted Coaching. And I, on a webinar just a couple weeks ago, and it's been this like light bulb moment. It's about like the manifestation about, like, for instance, like for a while, I'd be like, I just don't want to get sick. Like, instead of like having my, yes. my phrase be kind of negative to instead of be like, wouldn't it be nice to feel energized? Oh, and wow. Such a simple like, thing. This, yeah. This changing the language. So I think that ties into... Uh, just other advice I've, I've, I've like gotten and that have really tried to apply about like, what, what is the story that I'm believing and like really telling myself and, and how can I maybe change that story? It's still true. Like both are true. Perhaps like the negative is, is, is there. I'm not going to be like denying that there's things mm-hmm. that are hard or struggles, but that what is the story that I want to like really like hold on to? So I think like just changing the language and about how I want to envision my life and not just be like, I don't want this because yeah, that's true. But maybe shifting it to be like, wouldn't it be nice? Or I would love to feel energized and healthy and strong or whatever. Yeah. Cause all that really matters, even though like it's so uh, subtle, mm-hmm. the shift. Um, yeah. Calling in like what you actually want versus what you don't want. Um, we're always able to make that shift, even though it's not always easy uh, Mm -hmm. in the moment to do it. Um, But I've so enjoyed having you on the show. Um, (laughs) It was so much fun getting to know you a little bit more. Let us know where we can find you online and anything that, you know, people can partake in uh, that you're offering right now. Thanks. Yeah, you can find me. My website is my name, carolynbanner.com. And then my handle on social media is body by banner on Facebook. And then on Instagram, it has an underscore between body and by and however you want to say that. Yeah. We'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, and 
I, I'm, I think the biggest thing to talk about would be the magic makers movement. So that's my group coaching program for women that are, I think is unique about it is it's whole body wellness and definitely, you know, yes, there's, yes, there are workouts. Yes, there are yoga classes. Yes, there are nutrition, um, like programs and strategies and very, you know, practical things like recipes and meal plans. But what I think is really awesome about it is that it, again, like we talked about, it goes over mindset and really mm -hmm. diving into how to make these the habits that we want be lasting and not just some quick fix and getting into the motivation behind it and how to kind of move past the, the blocks. And I think what's kind of unique about the group is too, is just that it's from all over the world. There's women. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. A lot of expats are just people that are living in other countries. So it's a really fun international group. Oh, that's great. Awesome. And I love that it's like all encompassing because I think those programs are so rare Mm. Uh, and it's so important to to be able, especially like for the women that listen to the show, they're like interested in all aspects of health. Um, so thank you so much for describing that and definitely reach out to Carolyn if you're interested in joining that or just sending her a DM and saying hi. And thank you again for coming on. Um, it's been so much fun. Thank you, Ashley. Yes, I've loved it. Thank My you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on social media at Ashley K. Pardo. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes.